0: Samuel, it's good to see you again, sir. Ah, yes. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely, my pleasure. Oh, are you a are you a strong handshake guy or, you know, do you kind of go medium force? What do you do? Well,
1: we're we're shaking hands right now. So, what's your evaluation? Virtual handshake. Virtual handshakes.
0: Pretty weak sauce. Okay. Pretty weak sauce.
1: I'm also not try-harding right now. Um, I'm not the one fully dressed up in a suit. Yeah, I am dressed to The nines, which I'm not sure exactly where that term
0: came from, but I'm wearing the whole piece suit that I wore at uh, my big's wedding, Christopher's wedding. Um, So I got a nice navy suit on. Today, I was in an all-day, big, high-management-level meeting at work. Uh, It's kind of like the biggest one I've been a part of, so it was pretty fun. This is the most dressed I've been at work since, and it's fitting because today – is our adulting podcast where we are going to give you some thoughts on what it's like to be an adult.
1: Yes, sir. Episode 19. I was really hoping it would be the 18th episode. The, the ascending that? to adulthood. Oh, We'd be in the adulthood episode.
0: I don't know if I'm going to classify 18 as adult in my head. This is an 18 plus episode, Alex. Oh, <laughs> So if you're below 18... Keep listening. Just don't tell your parents. Convert
1: your ears.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sam, do you think – random question just popped in my head. Do you think 18-year-olds should be able to drink?
1: I think a lot of people would argue that yes because a lot of people, you know, compare it to like, oh, well, if you can get drafted or, you know, have like these other big responsibilities that you should be able to drink. And also that Mm -hmm. drinking earlier will like help them learn it more safely. I personally don't think so yet. I think at least initially it would have to be done in the correct way. Yeah, you can have a bunch of hypotheticals. I think I lean towards
0: the side of it should have been that way earlier. But now that it's 21, it's been that way for so long. It's probably going to be very impossible to ever change it. But just the way culture is, it would have been pretty seamless if it was 18. You have the influence of family still. I think the European countries are even at 16 to where they have that time. They're still in the house. Parents can kind of develop those habits. What do I know though? I'm just 23 years
1: old. (laughs) Yeah. Well, before we get into too much useful adulting advice, teach out adult. We're, we're, I think we should just get into the intro and maybe give some quick updates about ourselves.
0: Yeah, I feel like we haven't we haven't updated about our lives too much
1: as of late. Sam, you've got a huge update coming this week. I do have a massive life milestone. I will be graduating college next Thursday. Woo-hoo! You know, it's 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 cool. My mom literally started crying like right before we recorded this cuz she was like Aww. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm the youngest child, and and it's come full circle. So, oh, it's dude. it's big. That's
0: right. I am now one year out of graduating. That's got to be a milestone in itself. Apart from the the school curriculum and the borders that were defined for me, I am uh, kind of just reflecting on that. And I think this is this is a perfect podcast for us to reflect on kind of what's next in your life phase and what I've some of the lessons I've learned. And just have a discussion for a lot of our friends. I know that listen to this podcast are in the same same kind of boat, that 20s time frame. Yep. We're gonna give give our thoughts. Any other updates, Sam?
1: No, not really. I think we'll talk a lot about them as this episode progresses. All right. Well, one key factor, one key realization about adulthood is being efficient and reusing past work <laughs> when you don't have anything prepared not working too hard <laughs> so without further ado Harder, smarter the MyPod shuffle intro <laughs> that we created on before the music
0: episode sam we're officially one-third the way through the podcast now
1: yeah we're... yeah that's exciting All, another big milestone and this music is very loud so i'm surprised yeah. i heard what you said
0: Alrighty, so what I've got going on for this episode is a few segments about adults and what it's like in the real life. So we're gonna talk about some of these topics. We're gonna talk about the differences between college and schooling and the transition to the real world, quote unquote. Yeah, we'll talk about job culture, friends and social lives, uh, maybe even touch on some things about money, which is big stressor obviously. Yep. For so many of us. But I think we start uh, at the beginning. You said you were graduating college, Sam. What what are you most excited for now that you're about to take
1: your last finals? It's it is a little hard to be excited <laughs> just because it's also it's it's very mixed. Mm-hmm. I think I'm excited for this summer. I will say that. I mean, that's not really doesn't necessarily fully relate but i I do have a lot of cool things coming up in the summer um so i'll I'll be excited to have like more time to do stuff in terms of like a job i don't have something lined up which is so i I will have more free time for right at least a little bit because it'll be like i'm no longer having to worry about what my next class load is gonna be like Mm -hmm. registering for classes and all that and You'll have maybe the
0: freest times of your life. I remember my last summer saying that's weird, knowing that I'm going to work through this entire summer of 2023. It was very freeing. I didn't have any responsibilities. I knew I started work in August. So I took a lot of time off to myself uh, with family, with Leslie, did a lot of vacation around, was in Europe. So it was a great kind of send off from adolescence, young adulthood into. A new
1: adulthood, yeah, yeah, just <laughs> traveling as much as possible,
0: yeah, yeah, get out of there because <laughs> it gets a lot harder lesson I'm gonna try and count how many lessons or pieces of advice I have, but number one is travel when you get the chance to this is a piece of advice Leslie and I really follow is you know your opportunities to travel really most likely for most people go down as you get older you know have more responsibilities, less time to do that so if you can get out. And you have that opportunity, give it your best shot. It doesn't have to be across the country, even. It could be just new places. Go on a drive, go on a run, go somewhere. Yeah. Number one.
1: Especially once you have kids. You're essentially locked in. (laughs) It's like no (laughs) one ever travels after that. Quarantined in the house. (laughs) Yep. Which we'll talk
0: about next week. But (laughs) back to it. Uh so you said you don't have a job yet lined up. What I'm guessing that's one of these things. <laughs> but what are you most nervous about? What's kind of those looking over the cliff after
1: college? Well, I th- feel like this episode will be a therapy session for me. <laughs> um, I'm wearing the right attire, exactly. So yeah, there are different reasons. I mean, partially there is absolutely a laziness factor of I should have you know gone to more career fairs and done more networking and had something lined up and tried to get more internships. So there is mm-hmm. there is definitely some part of that where it's just like nice to not have to work over the summer and do fun things. Mm-hmm. Part of it is I don't want to be locked into a job that I don't want. Yeah. I mean, it's very common nowadays to kind of jump around jobs and stuff, but sure. I think for me, like... I see myself at a job for like one to two years minimum, probably if I were to go somewhere. It's like, if I feel like I would go somewhere for less, then why even try to get the mm-hmm. job, I guess? So that's, that's part of it. I, I want a job that aligns with like what I want to do long-term, which is, you know, game design of all sorts. And it's just like, I can go for jobs in those fields, but it's also like, you know, I got to like, Slap myself a little bit because it's something that I could have, you know, set myself up more for earlier, Mm -hmm. just knowing that, like, throughout pretty much all of college, that that's what I would want to do long term. This is another kind of life comes at you fast kind of thing. Sometimes you just have to suck it up and get a job (laughs) for a little bit. Sure. Before you can move to what you really want to do. That's kind of what it's looking like for me right now. And, you know, I have a little more time left, but the graduation is next week. So it is really tempting to look at that milestone
0: and, you know, just want to jump right into the next thing or see a natural progression of all the, all the labor that you did in the college years, even before that in high school. And you know, that's going to lead up to something, but you don't know exactly when that timeline is. And I would say that most people and a lot of our friends would resonate with exactly how you're feeling. Even me who had that you know, kind of quote unquote dream job right out of college, you're still approaching this with the looking back and saying, man, what if I made a few different choices, especially like career fairs or internships, like maybe I would have gotten something different or maybe, you know, there's a lot of these things bouncing on in heads. Um, But my comfort to you is that it'll, it'll work out. It'll figure out, I think. Yeah, you've, you've, made the, you've made the right foundation, foundation choices and setting yourself up with degrees and now it's just continuing on and not seeing this milestone as the end, but maybe as like a new start. Mm. Another thing you mentioned was the idea of wanting to be a job for one to two years at least for a start. Also something I think is common because that's the exact mindset I had going into the job I have now moving out of states, going out, trying a completely new thing in Alabama was a stretch. And I said, you know, if I'm only going to be here six months, it's not worth it. So I I really want to commit at least one or two years there. Yeah. And the second life lesson I've learned is that, do you know what the the three-month itch is, Sam? Kind of, but you should explain it. I'll explain it to you. So in relationships, that's where it's most used. It's when like a guy starts... Casually talking to a girl, and they'd go on for three months. And at the three months mark, the boy or whoever in the relationship, both people hit this mark of like, okay, is this going to be a committed thing, or am I just going to drop it and move on? And I think it applies to working too, because three months when I hit the three month mark at my job, that's kind of the time where you learn all this new things. It's really exciting. It's a new industry. But you kind of finally start to set a little bit into your responsibility mm-hmm. and you figure out, is this something I really want to do or not? And did a little research and it looks like a lot of, you know, the younger generation in the workforce kind of hits this three-month mark, says, oh, I don't really like it, but I'm going to push through a little bit longer. And then eventually they're gone before a year ends. And that's very common for all this job hopping.
1: Yeah. I think the reason the reason I have like the one to two years in my mind is just for resume reasons which Mm -hmm. might not be the best reason especially if the work that I do afterwards doesn't depend as much as having experience in like past qualifications Mm -hmm. but it's just it just feels like anything less than a year is just so short to be at a job like it's so new like certain jobs just take years and like years and years to master so i think that's probably the reason i have the number in my head regardless of of you know whether or not it's like a good thing
0: i agree looking at it and talking to my mentor at work especially he'll say you know you really don't know what you're doing until you have that one year at a job under your belt then you're actually useful and me being the kind of naive person at the start of the job was thinking, oh, at three months, I got this. Like, I'm I'm settled in. I'm actually contributing. And that might be partly true, but as you continue to be there longer, you don't really see that full scope of your resume building until you get to that point. So, yeah, I definitely agree. It takes that time. However, I'll argue that in college, even in high school, we're fed this idea that we can master something in a semester time frame And I think that's maybe what is kind of happening in the job industry. We're thinking in the mindset of college and, you know, I've been doing this this long and usually in college, Mm -hmm. I only do it for six months and that's not even full time. So it's a, it's an adjustment.
1: Yeah. Cause the idea of staying somewhere, it's crazy when you just hear people talk about, oh, I got just like this 20 or 30 year award at work or something.
0: No, those those people that have those giant awards, my dad is one of them. He was at the same company for 40 years. That just, to me, is awesome of dedication and time. And when you hear him talk about his industry and his job, you can tell there's so much expertise that no one will ever get to. Like He's the only person that can understand this subject to this level.
1: Yeah, I think part of it, the reason for the shift nowadays is that jobs are both like more flexible and just Mm -hmm. like the type of jobs that people are able to work. It's easier to do like a couple of side gigs in addition to something part time. They're just way more combinations than just the traditional. Exactly. Just work somewhere that you get hired at and, you know, try your best and eventually move up. It's mm-hmm. like, that's not, you know, that model yeah. just doesn't exist anymore nowadays. Sure.
0: It's a very individ- individualistic model now. Not that it wasn't back then, but, you know, 20, 30 years ago, there were companies that had incredible benefits that if you stayed at that company and you, you know, you signed certain documents, you put certain money into the stock option or these little decisions in your 401k, made dividends if you stayed long-term and now it's just shifted a lot of laws a lot of different things like
1: that yeah and even just with people starting their own companies i mean sophie mm-hmm. sophie's yeah. designs and it's
0: so much easier now with <laughs> yeah online yeah you can do that with a little less effort they're still putting 100 percent into it but yeah it doesn't take the same amount of time and and resources to do that yeah
1: less less random factors and a lot Mm -hmm. of way more accessible tools for people. I wanted to go back to your point
0: about a resume and building your resume. I think that's a a thing a lot of people think about when going and applying to jobs. It's kind of the first thing on the list is, Mm -hmm. you know, what does my resume say? And something I've learned on the other side of college and looking at my college resume now a year out of school, I can say that my resume, it was. Not great. Looking back on it, I was pretty disappointed <laughs> in what I turned in yeah. to a lot of companies, um, and that's one of those retrospective things. I did not go to. I went to maybe one or two resume fairs to get it edited, and they they helped. But I think spending a lot more time on your resume, making it the best it can be, whether that's looks or even you know just shifting the verbiage of what you're doing in school mm. and out of school is crucial. So that's my second point of advice is spend more time on your resume actually really diving deep into it because I think it matters more. Also, side note on the same point, a cover letter, I know it sucks. I hate writing cover letters. I don't know why. It's like one last thing to do on an application. Yeah, Do it, put some time into it. Especially
1: if you're passionate about a job, it goes a long way. That's interesting. At first, I thought you were going to say <laughs> that it didn't matter in the hiring process. It, it,
0: it depends, <laughs> I suppose, on where, on like what you're applying on. Yeah. But if your resume and you put a lot of work into that, the cover letter will just bring you on top. If you're kind of throwing both at the wall and just hoping something sticks, you probably don't need that cover letter, just resume.
1: How do you feel that the job interview affected? Things for you? For my job that I have now? Yeah. I mean, obviously,
0: <laughs> it worked. Yeah, it but worked.
1: How do you feel you about know, it? In hindsight? The
0: interview, I feel like I had the job the second I got the interview. And that's okay. maybe me being confident and projecting onto the person interviewing me. Maybe that's a confidence thing that you should have going to the interview with like you already had the job. But to me, the tone of the people interviewing me gave off that vibe of, We're kind of just confirming that you're the right person based off what we read in your resume and your cover letter. That's, that's at least my experience. I know that there are other people Mm. with different ones, but I don't know. I don't know. That's just my experience. Yeah. It's interesting. It's very important though. Definitely work, work to do it. It's not just good for a job that you're trying to get, but just interview questions, knowing more about yourself. And being able to answer those efficiently is a great communication tool that you can use in any application. Yeah.
1: I think one of the <laughs> scary parts about computer science interviews is yeah. just the idea of having be. to do like actual problems. That is insane to me. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, did you talk about anything technical?
0: So in both of my interviews that I had for jobs I really wanted... There was almost no technical talk of questions. There was maybe, oh, can you explain this project that you did in a little detail? Yeah. And I would explain the engineering behind it. But only one interview did I get quizzed, two interviews, and this was for internships. I got quizzed on topics, and that was stressful. I got quizzed on hypersonics, and I got quizzed on on spacecraft subsystems. One of those jobs I got. So I must have passed that test, but that is stressful. And scary and first computer science, I know our friend Krishna did a like an Apple was it Apple interview? It was some, some computer science interview process where he just got grilled with questions and
1: yeah I don't know. That <laughs> test format kind of freaks me out. His amount of stress of when he was talking about, oh, I've just been grinding coding problems to prepare for these interviews." <laughs> it's like oh. and they like, I don't know how true this is, but they also say... Sometimes they'll give you something they know that you're not gonna be able to solve just so they see how how you work through hard problems
0: and and that's how to deal with that's that. probably a good thing they're gonna get good candidates that way yeah huh oh, it's just uh, it, computer science is a is a special place I suppose
1: yeah so it's another another thing on the list of worries I gotta gotta do my resume I gotta do my cover letter <laughs> I gotta grind on these uh problem websites practicing for those so not the most fun to look forward to you got this sam thank you you got this so it was it was interesting because also uh our friend coach he reminded me of this because i saw him on monday just in terms of how a job will like affect you my impression is that you like you're the same person you know it feels really scary but in the end. You're the same person, but I am like curious looking back, like what things have changed and like what things that you miss or wish you could have done like before getting the job.
0: Yeah. From, from college specifically, two things I, I miss a little is one of the community that you built there. You know, you have all these friends, you have these communities that you contribute a lot to and you're expected to just drop it all and start anew most cases and a lot of the people I saw graduating as I was in college that's what they did they got a senior year graduated and that was the most you ever saw them since and maybe they'd come back and yeah they'd be the same person now I wouldn't say they were different people but you could tell there were some differences or maybe some things they missed so for me I put a lot of identity into, you know, the groups I was a part of, whether that's the fraternity or the a cappella group that we were part of, I had those things. And now they you kind of have to find new ways to put that part of yourself somewhere else. And so I'm still on that journey. And that's the second thing I miss is the structure and timing of college. Mm. You're you have that free time or more of that flexibility between classes to choose your path. And now you kind of have that less time. You have that nine to five, at least I do, and then you have those hours at night and weekends so that can kind of be kind of crazy when you're an adult. Mm-hmm. So I miss those two things, and I miss moving around. That's probably the probably a good transition into talking about my job or jobs in general. Yeah, I'm in a at a desk job. Would I had said that when I was younger? Maybe not, but a lot of people end up there. So I miss moving around. I miss like getting up every hour, walking to class, seeing friends, having lunch. Now it's a lot of time sitting down.
1: Mm-hmm. It can be tough. Yeah. Do you do you get like breaks? Like what do breaks and lunch look like
0: for you? So I get a 30 minute lunch. You can choose to go off unpaid or you can stay at your desk and eat lunch and, mm-hmm. you know, work your time that way. But they encourage you, or at least <laughs> on my computer, every hour, a little notification pops up saying, you need to take a little break. And most of the time I'm working, I'm, I ignore it. But it's, dude, my body is is aching sometimes, <laughs> just sitting at that desk all the time. It is a standing desk though. So I, yeah. you know, I can press the button, it goes up, and I stand <laughs> for like 20 minutes and then I get tired. So I sit down. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the amount of exercise. I walk around the building maybe once or twice a day, but dude, I'll tell you, I need to stretch now. I didn't used to need to stretch. That's, I'm, that's yeah. when you know, Yeah, that's number, number three, when you're an adult, stretch your body more often. Yeah. Cause if you don't, you will, you will hurt something. And I have hurt little things here and there. Yeah. I talk to coaching and I talk to friends like Demi and we're saying like, yeah, like I I never got hurt like this and just walking down some stairs, I twist my knee because I didn't (laughs) warm it up. (laughs) I'm 23. This shouldn't be happening this early. So stretch, stretch. I was a, you know, I played goalie for 12 years Yeah, and I had incredible flexibility. Could touch my toes with with ease. Didn't play for a while. Went to go touch my toes about six months into the job. Couldn't even come close. Yeah. I lost
1: 50% of my flexibility. Mm. Well, I feel like it's good then <laughs> to hear from the fitness episode, your your exercise habits are at least fairly decent outside of work. They've increased since
0: halfway. Yeah. The first six months I was not doing a lot of exercise yeah. and now I've been maybe overdoing it on the other side, but mm. I'm trying to stay active.
1: Yeah. Do you think that the structure of the job, like same structure every day makes time feel like it goes past faster like are you just Hmm. you know sitting there just not thinking about things just trying to get through the day and all of a sudden you're not thinking about time anymore and things just fly by
0: it 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 depends Uh, that's kind of my answer for a lot of these the mornings i will say often go by very quick in my in my job i get up you know at seven there till noon until lunch goes by quick. I'm always at my desk. It yeah. goes efficiently. I get all my work done. It's after lunch. And when I'm sitting there with food, you know, when you're in that after afternoon class too, it's the same thing. You get tired. So that structure, the later half can feel pretty long. But overall, it depends on how busy you are that day, what amount of pressure, responsibility you have. Most days seem pretty normal though. Although the whole larger time scale of a year already going by seems like it went by fast but i say that for every year of my life it's like oh this year went by fast yeah you know does time really get faster as you get older maybe a little bit maybe it'll continue to get faster but mm-hmm. as of right now it seems pretty standard
1: yeah it's a really annoying paradox because everything happens in the worst case like the boring things go by really slow and then it, then you You know, look at the year that's passed, and you're like, I regret not doing all these things. And (laughs) so, time goes by really fast when you don't want it to, and it goes by really slow when you don't want it to. Yeah,
0: just like this podcast, we're uh, (laughs) a year, a third through it.
1: Has it felt fast for you? It didn't feel fast at first, right? Like now that we're episode, I would say it felt long between like episodes eight and ten roughly around there. And hmm. now that we've passed like a third and are closing in on halfway, it feels – and I think once we hit halfway, I think it's going to go by a lot faster. Yeah. You you get used to it. And I feel the same way for my
0: job. I feel like yeah. the first three weeks were long. They were exciting. They were fun. You know, new things. But <laughs> weeks 10 to 52 – have just gotten faster and faster, and the weeks go by.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You, your brain develops those patterns.
1: Yeah. Do you have uh, any more, any more job advice for me, oh wise one?
0: Oh, I have. <laughs> I do have. This is advice number four. I got a good one. Okay. This is something I've, I've been journaling a little bit.
1: Oh, wow. Um,
0: I wish I was doing more, but I did have a section in my journal where I wrote like top things I've learned from a job, top things I've learned since moving. You can hit on some of these, but one of them, you've heard this a lot, the importance of a first impression at a job. This is one I wish people harped on a little more for me when I started um, working. And this isn't first impressions of your work ethic because I took it very seriously. I got to work. I was grinding. I was trying to make a difference. I was trying to learn everything very fast. So I think I did a good job there in Showing people my capability of the first impression. Mm-hmm. But I'm a very social person, or at least I feel like I am an extrovert. Although at my job, I think I did a subpar, subpar of making those first connections. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's more of the, the advice is at the beginning, if you're new to a job, use that role that you have as the new guy as much as you can. Don't think, don't act like you have it all together like I did for a little bit of it. Go into it saying, I don't know anything. Let me let me get to know everyone and get to know what everyone does and kind of be that new kid on the block that doesn't know anything for a little bit. Yeah. That way you can kind of get this nurturing from other people because it's, at least in my in my office where everything's very busy, you know, most jobs I think are busy. They're not going to necessarily seek you out, but they're usually nice. And if you're at a decent job, they'll be nice people that are willing to help you out.
1: Mm. Yeah. I'm I, I do need this advice. I feel like I'm not great at first impressions, and I almost intentionally like don't try to make a good <laughs> first impression.
0: <laughs> you try to make a bad first impression on the on the first day of the job. Yeah, no. (laughs) Start flipping tables.
1: I don't know. It's hard, though, because I I definitely had I haven't had that new guy experience too much. I mean, because my first job at the escape room, there were not a lot of people. And then I was there for three years and Mm -hmm. it was a really good environment. Like I'm happy with I'm really happy with the connections I made, but it definitely Mm -hmm. wasn't based on first impressions, I don't think.
0: I I will say that larger companies, that's where it's more important. Yeah. The smaller Mm -hmm. companies, you're surrounded by the people every day, you're not gonna have a choice of exactly them.
1: Like you have to intentionally because at big companies, everybody's just there. You Mm -hmm. know, a lot of people aren't trying to make friends. They're no they're there for whatever reason. (laughs) So you have to be if you wanna see things get done, you gotta do it yourself.
0: Exactly. And in my job where everything is closed down, you're in a cubicle, you can't really see anyone unless you get out of your cube. Yeah. yeah. It's it's crucial because my team, there's a team of about six of us that are really pretty close together. I love my team. I have maybe the best team that I could have on this program. And we get along well. We do great things. Um, even if it's not the job that I thought I was getting or the job I wanted, I have a great team. But it took three months, maybe even like five or six months for us to all kind of approach each other and get out of our comfort zone and say, hey, this is my name. What do you do here? We all were very kind of hesitant because we were all put on the same team around the same time.
1: And you all started at the same time as well? Most of us, okay. like
0: four out of the six of us did. But we didn't. we didn't try and build that because a lot of us kept to our own. And that's something we all regretted. It's like, why did we wait (laughs) like two months to settle in and then start talking? Like this would have been a lot better if we did it earlier. So Mm -hmm. don't be afraid. It kind of goes with college, but you just don't expect it to transfer over. In college, you have this idea like everyone's looking for friends. Everyone's trying to, to make buddies. That's not what it is in the real world. Like People are mean. No, like it's a job. People want those connections. And if they don't, mm. they'll make it very clear to you.
1: Yeah, I, that's interesting. That, that's cool that, that you have a great team. I feel like, I mean, maybe you can't answer this, but what if you have a bad team? <laughs> <laughs> it it exists, and I, I know there are bad teams I, I out there. I hear horror stories all the time. I feel like they're yeah. just the worst. Yeah. Absolute worst co-workers. The man's
0: wedding suit that I'm wearing right now, he had some pretty... Pretty bad uh bad work experiences, bad team, and he quit. I mean, I feel bad. Uh but I think it does make or break a big percentage of your job is the people you work with. The thing is, in interviews, you can never know if you're gonna get it on a bad team or not. That's hard. Yeah.
1: Do you I don't know. Because how how possible is it to just <laughs> switch teams? Putting a request. Yeah, I don't like my team and then just <laughs> switch.
0: That is a, it's a bold move to make. Yeah. and I don't know. It depends on the job, I suppose. Yeah. You just got to make the best and make the best decision. Hmm. And I, you know, I keep, I keep going back to the job hopping culture, but a lot of the thoughts is you do what's best for you and if that's not being on that team. You make that decision. Okay, Sam. I think we've talked a lot about jobs, a lot about that boring stuff. Yeah. I think we need to talk about social life as an adult, which is a really no. difficult thing to navigate.
1: No. <laughs> I'm a loner. No, I'm I don't, don't want to talk to you about social life. Is that is that ironic? I don't, actually I don't know sense? if ironic is the word. <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense.
0: <laughs> I will say my motive in this segment is I did some Google research of like the hardest things about being adults- and pretty much the first thing on all the lists were quote as an adult I don't know how to make friends, hmm. which is I mean it's crazy to think about, but now that I'm here I can see their point. So Sam, why do you think it's hard for people to make adults? <laughs> why do you think it's hard for people to make adults as friends? To make friends as adults?
1: <laughs> That's the what I was looking for. <laughs> Third time's the charm. Well, you have thirteen years of Basically, forced socialization, unless you're homeschooled. (laughs) Yeah. Where you're interacting with a lot of people and probably everyone's doing at least some amount of extracurriculars.
0: And everyone's pretty much the same age. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And so once you graduate, you know, you just meet in your job, you probably meet a bunch of different people not your age. Maybe some people your age. And then, you know, it's not like your job is providing extracurriculars for you anymore. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot more active on your part. So it's just easier for a lot of people to not do those things and not meet people. Very much agree. Now
0: with remote work becoming more of a thing too, a lot of people in COVID kind of saw the same thing. When they had their remote, they got more lonely. They got more reclusive, Focus on their TV, their social media, and they unplugged from the world. And that was all you saw of them. Yeah. In the adult world, you have even more freedom to say no and just stay at home.
1: Yeah, because you're an adult and you can make your own choices.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> your mom can't even,
1: force you to go to choir practice go, anymore. Go
0: hang out with Joey down the street. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. You can't do that. I even felt that temptation my first time. I mean, given I was in a new state, a lot of new factors, I wanted to stay home sometimes. And that's good. It's good sometimes to recluse back, reflect, spend some alone time. But that social life is is crucial to how we function as humans.
1: Yeah. I will say just as a side benefit, growing up in church, I think churches Mm -hmm. do – not all churches, but a lot of churches do well with having programs for every age, something yep. to get involved in. Yep. And I, I mean, it's a different issue, you know, going from the transition to like youth group to the main Sunday service is definitely a jump, but right. you know, there are college groups and then. You know, there are young adult groups and there are Bible study groups or life groups or whatever you want to call them and other things like that. So I feel like church is definitely one of the, you know, good ways to continue to connect with people in a way that doesn't take an insane extra amount of effort or even being like in the worship band. Like that's that's a super practical way you can get involved in the church and like meet people in a way Mm -hmm. that's slightly different
0: yeah i'd say church volunteering things like that doesn't have to be with the church but other organizations that exist for that very purpose of getting like-minded people together there's even apps now that exist i think there's still work to be done on a lot of them i tried them out didn't really have much success but of niche groups of extracurricular adult activities maybe that'll continue to be a thing
1: I was thinking about that because the other week, I, well, March, I did like this puzzle challenge called Enig March, And yeah. there was this very niche group meeting that I found where they do it like, I think once a month or something. And they just like solve puzzles together. And then the same people host it all the time. Oh, sounds like a bunch of yous in a room. Oh, a bunch of me's.
0: A bunch of Sam's. Yeah. I mean, maybe could be i have i have been pretty hesitant to do anything even if it's a i don't know what do i like uh like guardians of the galaxy marvel stuff's coming out now i i love marvel but am i going to go to a random meet up at a house yeah friday night with people i have no idea that just posted on an app yes eh, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a good story could work out but
1: it's very, I, I, see, it's much I sense the hesitancy. It's yeah. risky. It can be
0: risky. <laughs> Sam, I got a segment for you. Okay. I want to throw out some places that typical adult may travel to. I want you to tell me if you think that's a great place to meet new people, <laughs> a terrible place to meet new people, or like kind of a mid. Eh, just depends. Yeah, yeah.
1: Let, let's be clear, though. This These are my opinions. There are no yes. right or wrong answers on this. Of course
0: not. Of course not. I will give my opinion also, which is the right answer because I will be there. This is for young adults. So I want to clarify, not for all adults. Mm. Probably, you know, yeah, we'll just go. Here we go, Sam. Adult sport leagues. (laughs) (laughs) Not with your friends, not like getting a group of
1: friends, but just randomly joining a sport league. It's risky. I mean, obviously, you have some say in this because you've been playing some hockey. Yep, hockey,
0: volleyball, and frisbee. I'm um, in all three sport leagues this yeah. this semester summer time frame.
1: I would say it's a little risky, but I think it can be good. I mean, I think for me like an indoor soccer league could be good. What's risky? What's risky about it? You know, it just all sorts of people. Could just be anybody. Could be some hooligans, could be <laughs> some crazy people.
0: Hmm, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to join a uh organized sports league, you're kind of narrowing down the pool a little bit.
1: Yeah. I, for myself personally as well, I never connected that much with, with my soccer teams. Right. And I think that's more just a personality stereotype Mm -hmm. for myself was kind of the reason for that. So maybe that's a little bit of the hesitancy is. Okay. You know, just working through some therapy. Not always like a big fan of of sports teams culture, although that's right. more you know I mean adult sport leagues are very different. It's not
0: yeah a bunch of you don't have that same kids. competitive fiery even the yeah the kid testosterone mess going on. I think in most of the leagues I've been in, it's been very friendly. Everyone's been very kind. It is competitive because you know people want to win. Yeah, but. In my experience, it's, I'd say, I wouldn't say risky, but it's hit or miss. You'll either connect with someone and you'll find all these connections that just line up or it'll be someone that just likes the sport. And that's one thing you can share. And that's all that will ever be. Yeah. That's my thoughts on it. Hmm. I will say that the rock climbing gym and smaller activities like that, I found good success on. Hmm. So next one, uh, just the gym, the gym in general. Is that a good place, bad place? General gym. We we had our fitness podcast last week.
1: Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. Obviously, you're not going to find the person you're going to marry at the gym.
0: You're not going to find your, what was it? What was your your swole mommy?
1: Muscle mommy? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Muscle muscle mommy. mommy. (laughs) I need somebody to carry me everywhere and cradle me in her arms. In town. Just deadlift me all the time.
0: Yeah. I agree. We uh we went over last time. Everyone's got their headphones in on the gym. Likely not gonna find someone unless you're very outgoing and have that personality.
1: Yeah. Maybe like certain niches, like maybe if you go to like a yoga class at the gym every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Again, not a pickup spot. I feel like if you're the only dude showing up to like these all girl yoga sessions, that's it's a little cringe. Not a little cringe, it's a lot cringe. But certain <laughs> fitness classes like that, I think. Right. You know, people are wanting to engage with a group a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Sam, do you have any any places you want to throw out? Okay. I have a scenario for you. If <laughs> so escape rooms, the way you book a lot of the time. Oh,
0: yes. I know you we are is joking. that you're
1: paired with random people if you don't reserve every spot. I've never been paired with a random person at an escape never. room. Never. So if I were to by myself go join a random group and just intrude, yeah. does that work?
0: No, I, I think it's a terrible idea, <laughs> but in in theory, I love the idea because Yeah. How fun would it here's the thing. I know when I'm reserving an escape room with my friend or my girlfriend. We want to do it alone. Okay, we've made that decision. But these escape rooms need to have an option of this is a random experience. Like if you sign up for this one, you will get paired, yeah, with random people. Yeah, I would absolutely sign up for that in a heartbeat because yeah. you're guaranteed one hour. It's like speed dating, but with your brain.
1: It's like it's like the the single person line at Waterworld for the mile high flyer. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah. For, for audience that doesn't know, this is a very intimate, like water slide where four people and you're all putting your feet in front of each other, holding on with your arms. And there's a single rider line that goes with like, you know, three, three siblings. And you'll have this old guy say, I'm going to join the last one. <laughs> it it's right in the back. He sits and, at the
1: front and flips the whole so, thing over. Just
0: Yeah. So, I think it's a good idea. I think it'd be fun, but also yeah. it is a risk. Just it's like, <laughs> a,
1: it is a hit or miss though. When, because yep. just from my observation of people realizing that they're being paired with random people, half the time they're both chill and they get along pretty well. But then half the time, yeah, it's like a couple and then some like really loud teenagers. And obviously they just hate the whole experience. So yeah, it's definitely a hit or miss. Like I have been thrown into that just when new rooms come out, I just have to, you know, play the new rooms at the escape room. So I I have done that with, with some randoms and it's been fun. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to in one hour (laughs) become friends with all those people and like, you know.
0: Yeah. I don't think you'd become friends You can't, I wouldn't approach it like that. I would approach it very strategically. And I think it's a cool social experiment where who takes charge, who takes the lead? Yeah. How do you figure that out? There's a lot of movies about that kind of social experiment. So it sounds cool in theory, in real life, people are weird. They don't always mesh. You're not going to have one of every type. You're going to have a lot of clashing and you're probably not going to get out of the room and you're going to be sad. (laughs)
1: So i kind
0: of talked myself out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely under the niche category. Yeah, what what other ones for
0: the for the sake of time? I I have three more that I wrote down. I'll start from the bad and work my way up. So number one, this is probably controversial for some people, but the logic is there. The bar slash the club,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're it's not going to be successful most of the time. The club especially, it's so loud. Unless you're there for picking up people, you're you're not going to have much success in the bar. Most people also have friends. You have to be very, very social or just happen to be there at the same time. Someone else happens to be there looking for someone to talk to. Yeah. It's tough.
1: Probably two of the most overrated things in American culture, in my opinion. (laughs) Bars and clubs. Just the only reason they exist are because of this segment that we're talking about is they don't have anything else to do. They have no other interests or hobbies. So they get drunk. Mm And talk to random people in a very crowded, sweaty room. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Whoa, I got dang, a little, whoa. little aggressive there. Sheesh. You tell that I don't. <laughs> that I'm not the yeah, most. Not taking you to a bar anytime soon. <laughs> um I just take uh, you yeah. to a tea house. So many better things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Neighbors.
0: Neighbors. You read my mind, or you read yes, my outline? I read your script.
1: <laughs> your outlined line.
0: Oh, outlined. Clever uh neighbors uh my next door neighbor is fantastic and we just happen to talk to each other we get along fine great friend yeah also have neighbors that listen to weird whale sounds in the middle of the night and kind of freak me out okay just sure. it just don't know but i would advocate number of advice i think this is five just try and reach out to the people around you say hi try to make one conversation you'll get a first impression and usually those are pretty correct
1: oh for sure I was lucky to be born, I guess, early enough in the generation to where, you know, people talked with their neighbors a lot and we mm-hmm. were very close with like two out of three of our neighbors and and yeah. friends with, with the third set still for a long time and just hanging out with mm-hmm. them a lot and just being really connected. It's decreasing now, right? I would say so. I, I feel like that's just the impression mm-hmm. that I get is people... Aren't quite not not necessarily friendly, but they're not as open to unsolicited visits or <laughs> chats or whatever. People are right okay with being in their own bubble, which I get that, I get that. But I, I think if done right, neighbors can be very valuable.
0: This kind of goes back to my previous advice of first impressions. When you're moving into a place, that is the it seems to me the only time it's acceptable at. All to approach your neighbor's door because if yeah. I went to yeah. a neighbor's now and just knock, as "Hi, I'm Alex. I live downstairs." Yeah, it seems like what do you what? What intention do you
1: have? Why are you <laughs> yeah. doing this now? I'm not turning down my whale noises if that's what you're here for.
0: When you're new, it's like, "Oh, I'm new. Hi, i just moved in. Okay, whatever. Nice." That's that's the worst thing that could happen. Maybe they're a murderer and they see you that you're alone, but for the most part, you're gonna yeah. Be- that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, one last. Uh, it's kind of a two parter, but what I found at our age, maybe the best place to meet people is at concerts. Now, I growing up did not go to many concerts, almost ever. Never went to a live. I'm um, like maybe two or three Red Rocks concerts with my family or with Dimmy. But since moving to Huntsville, I've been to more concerts, probably four times more than it had been before. And not that I've met a lot of people i there's one cool story where I met you know four people that knew a friend of a friend at a concert. but there are so many young adults going to these concerts. like it's insane. It feels like I'm in college again going to see a concert of a certain band that usually appeals to that audience. You don't want to go to a a who concert or a <laughs> old flogging Molly concert like I did you'll you'll see different generations, but going to those. Youthful concerts? It's a it's a pretty cool place.
1: Yeah, if you want to meet people in their twenties, do not go to a Bruce Springsteen concert.
0: <laughs> yeah, you didn't see many of those,
1: did you? Yeah, I'm not fully convinced on concerts. Okay, what what's what's the what's holding you back? Well, it's just usually I'll go with somebody. Like, right it it's very rare to where I'll like an artist enough to want to. Like from the few concerts that I do go to, that I would go on my own no matter what. Right. So it just... That's that's true. It feels like the branching off and meeting other people is kind of like stinted if you go with somebody.
0: Hmm. It, it can be. I, I met these people going alone to the concerts. That yeah. maybe helped. I felt like I needed to talk to someone. But if you're going yeah. with a friend that with the intention of meeting new people... I would say going to a concert's kind of that level above going to a bar or a club because, you know, if you're both at a club, you're there for, you know, the experience, whatever. If you're there at a concert, you already know likely that you share a music taste and that can kind of be a start of a conversation.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true.
0: But I, I will say that, I will say that my music taste or my listening to music has increased drastically mm. since being at a desk job which I think has helped me find more artists that I want to listen to more concerts.
1: Mm, Okay. Well, those are some ideas for everyone. Some ideas to go and meet people, including myself. I did want to add one last
0: thing. One last piece of advice for the friend segment is for the other side of the gambit where you already have a good friend group and you're established. This is kind of a personal experience you know there's one side of people looking for friends who have no friends kind of lonely can be really tough if you do have that friend group advice number 6 if you have an established group be on the lookout for those new people that come into town especially in your your young 20s because me as a mm. new person in Alabama you know I was constantly looking for friends and people to hang out with and it's not easy even when you're extroverted and you are trying to make these conversations most of the time it only results in a one one or two minute conversation, you hit it off. Maybe you get each other's number, then you go your separate ways. And at best you see them once a week at a shared shared interest. At best. So my advice is if you have that friend group and you see that new person, you make that new connection, actually do follow up, invite them to things. Don't you don't have to overcommit and invite them to everything, but you know, send one more text saying, Oh, you know, I thought of this person and Just to try and get them connected, even if you didn't make the closest connection with them, because odds are you have a friend who is a friend of a friend that they can connect with. And I've been so appreciative of friends that I've met here, Brian, Jared, Rob, Justin, all those people um, I've met all usually met me and then invited me to something a few weeks later. And that's when the actual friendship begun. Mm. So a little wisdom there.
1: Yeah. Thank you
0: for that advice. You're welcome, everybody. Sam, why don't you lead the? Why don't you lead the last segment of the day?
1: Yep, got one last segment. My favorite, the one I'm most knowledgeable in, mm-hmm. dealing with money. Oh boy, do I Woo-hoo! have money, 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 money! Absolutely yeah. no money. I'm here to tell you what <laughs> not to do in your adult life. No, but money, some sometimes a bit of a taboo topic, but sure. Always good to talk about and think about. I think. I think it only becomes a problem if you start not thinking about it. So I know mm-hmm. that it becomes a problem if you don't think about it. And you're, you know, I'm I'm not gonna reveal any numbers, but you're <laughs> you're raking in a little bit at least. You know, some, some of the big getting bucks.
0: Some dough in the in the bank.
1: How would you say like your money management has changed from just working like college jobs and stuff like that to having to manage? More finances but also having to pay for more stuff
0: let me just say that the amount of money that you have unless you're ridiculously rich your your money always fills the need or the wants that you have
1: I see so
0: yeah no the more I know money exactly. you have yeah the more you're gonna spend it <laughs> you know when I was in college like grinding on doordash and instacart to to stay you know to pay for meals <laughs> i I made it And now that I had more money, you find more things or it just happens that way, especially when you're not thinking about it and planning about it. Yeah. And for the first three, four months, I really wasn't thinking about it because I had all this new money. And you hear that. I heard that a lot growing in college was, oh, you're going to have all this money and you're going to be amazed by how much money you have. And yes, numerically, I am amazed and thankful. But in the actual use of it at the beginning, I wasn't very wise. And I uh, I wasn't not wise. I just wasn't thinking about it, like you said.
1: Uh-huh. So do you have a budget now?
0: I have a different way <laughs> of budgeting. Um, <laughs> the sponsor of a I do have a budget. budget. It <laughs> is uh, Alex's terrible <laughs> Excel spreadsheet. Alex's piggy bank. <laughs> I... I kind of did a. I made a budget on you know my Excel spreadsheet and used an app to help it. But how I've man managing it now is really focusing on advice number seven or whatever. Now is on the idea of saving and where that money is going. The quote of "pay yourself." I've been told that a lot since moving here at Lockheed is you got to pay yourself. What does that mean for everyone listening? Means putting stuff towards your future and towards your goals and being Aware of that and paying this third person who is yourself, and then anything left is what you're kind of surviving on so I'm putting a lot of money away in different places, whether that's in investments, whether that's in retirement funds, or honestly a lot of money I've been having right now I'm just throwing it in a in a cash app or in savings it's very accessible it's very easy to transfer in and out of and I can track I can put it in different categories. Of where the money's going. And I'm trying to survive on as little money in my checking account as I can. Hmm. And so far, I've been doing pretty good. I barely overdrafted this month, just on a rounding error of like $6 okay. of like my one account. So that knocked me off an extra $15. So I was bumming. It's like, dang it, I was so close. Yeah. But it's working. It's, you know, the idea that you're kind of just, you see, your bank account is low. Yeah, you're gonna make better decisions.
1: It's kind of a game, bit of a game I have to gamified it. it. I have gamified yeah. it. So gamifying is sometimes the most adult thing to do.
0: <laughs> it's it's a very <laughs> privileged thing, I think. Yeah, I'm thankful yeah. that I can gamify it it's and true. don't have to be super. You know, paycheck to paycheck, I can you know take that margin and use it wisely. But yeah. it's it's a different different mindset than college. That's for sure.
1: Yeah how specifically how has been like the food category of your budget been Uh oh because food oh food food is a black hole that you are a black hole all food that
0: (laughs) 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 no it's it's true man i love eating out i love chipotle i love chick-fil-a i love trying new food and being in a new town i've sure been trying a whole lot of food oh man yeah it's not been great that's a lot of my money is going towards food. I have been better at buying groceries, but I will say that there isn't a drastic difference between mm. making your own meals and buying big portions. The difference comes to how much self control do you have in your portion eating. Okay. That's huh. what I'm learning. You gotta, you gotta, if I get Chipotle, I can make that stretch two meals, no problem. Will mm. I? No, I'll eat that all in one sitting. Same with when yeah. I cook at home. I can be smart, buy the right portions at the store, meal prep, that's a great way to save money. Yeah. But sometimes I'll just, I'll think more short term and think I only need this much for this week, make it all and I don't really save that much money. So advice number eight,
1: meal prep is great if you can do it. Mm. That's one thing I am excited about is making myself dinner every night, like I think yeah. I'll, I'll enjoy that for a while.
0: I think you will too. And I've really enjoyed cooking more. I've been on a big, big what's the word? Bender or big? Uh, <laughs>
1: that's not the word I'm looking
0: for. Just uh, just been really loved cooking and doing recipes recently. Okay, yeah. And living alone makes it enjoyable for the most part.
1: Yeah, because you don't have the pressure of having to clean up everything <laughs> right away. <'Cause laughs> cooking is so messy. It's it's insane, crazy how the whole kitchen explodes from a single meal but from a yeah.
0: pasta i just made yeah. pasta <laughs> yeah and
1: it's a mess and sure it overflowed and i spilled a cup of pasta right. but besides that yeah <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm excited for that that's I, that's yeah. probably the main thing because we don't have super consistent like meals at my house right now <laughs> so i want to eat more and I want to eat things that are not right. frozen and boxed and microwaved. <laughs> you did,
0: you did HelloFresh for you did like a free subscription or a discounted for a little bit. Did you like that?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. When we were living together, I did like the discounted part. That was good. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little tough because the minimum number of people is two that you can cook for. So I. I wouldn't want to save it because I usually don't eat leftovers just because I, you know, I know they're that's what you
0: got to get over. You got to get over it if you want to save that
1: money. But I would, so I just make my massive plate of like yep. <laughs> noodles or that whatever.
0: That's and, it, dude.
1: And, but when I'm cooking for myself, not hello fresh, I think I'll be able to manage that more. Cause yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, want, I want fresh meals. So I, I don't think I'm going to meal prep, I will say, but dinners for myself fresh off the off the pan sounds so good it's whatever it, it is wants. there are moments of bliss there are moments of oh i messed up that recipe
0: this is terrible i have to throw out everything that's <laughs> happened to me once okay. maybe twice it's yeah. tragic when you mess up a recipe you, you know you burn the steak or mm. you mess up an ingredient and the ratio's all off and you yeah. throw a whole batch of potatoes in the trash it's like ah oh, waste okay but yeah yeah just be careful and know that might happen yep any other, any other financial topics? I know we'll probably have a finance podcast later, so I don't, I don't know if there's anything else really yeah, pressing. Just, we know, I know we just had tax season and a bunch of our friends working taxes, stressing out for that.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's another thing I'll eventually have to figure out because my dad's an accountant, so oh, I never have to think about my taxes at all, and I don't really know what's happening. Hashtag blessed. So,
0: <laughs> I will say I used TurboTax this year. I was okay. a fan; made it super easy. Okay, sponsored sponsored by TurboTax.
1: Okay, it's real; it's not just uh, not just commercial. They're not paid actors; they're actually not. Yeah, got a nice refund. It's been good. Hmm. Sadly, I don't think I'm gonna get a refund. I think I'll probably have to pay because I only did Instacart. So we'll see. I might have to pay, which is really sad. Really that would sad. be really
0: tragic. I hope not. But you mean when you pay, like, because you did your taxes or are you are going to do it next year?
1: Well, like I said, I don't know because my dad's doing them. Doing them or did them? I think he did them, but I don't know. <laughs> I hope he did them because <laughs> it's too late now. I know. I, I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, that's that's what, what I'm saying, man. Real quick. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm struggling out here. <laughs> don't be like me. Be, grow up. Grow up, everybody. Yeah. No, I feel like I'm using... A resource. I'm using an obvious resource. I, I ain't doing. Yeah. I ain't doing that Use till I know about.
0: Yeah, smarter. Think smarter, not harder. Exactly. Then your parents' insurance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: I think. I think that's. I think we had a good discussion about adulthood, Sam.
1: I agree. You know, with our limited knowledge of. Yeah, my one year of actual experience. I will say, as a closing <laughs> thing to say, I absolutely hate. The word "adulting," Ooh. I think it embodies the exact opposite of adulthood. You, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, though? Yeah, it's very, ch- very childish. It's used by people that do Who not want to take on responsibility. It's like I? Here's the thing: anyone that feels targeted by this, I and the same. I already exposed all my secrets and my stresses about adulthood. I'm not ready either, so maybe that's why I hate it. Is because I know. It applies to me. So, but anyway, that's my tangent. No, you're
0: right, though. I hate the word.
1: I just hate saying it.
0: I hate adulting too. I hate adulting. Yeah, hate it. The word.
1: The word. Not not necessarily being it. It's an an embodiment
0: to be or not to be an adult. Yes,
1: because I think we do a lot of mature and responsible things before we get there.
0: I hope that when we're thirty, we don't say, "How are you adulting these days?" I hope by that oh, time no. we are adults and we've mastered it. Yes
1: the the art of adulting. Ah, we one of us will have a published book. The title of the episode. Oh, yep, yep, that's the title. <laughs> All right, listeners, now we've spoiled the title, even though uh-huh. it's the very you could have <laughs> last possibly thing. known. Yes, cool. That was that was a pretty good discussion. I feel like. I hope there was some good advice in there. This was this is more free flow.
0: Yep, just talking about our lives and give me a little update about where we're at. Yep. Sam, congratulations on your soon to be graduation from college. Thank it's you, a huge accomplishment.
1: Yep, yep. You know, still got uh, like one final, and I have a project right. due tonight. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> so, shufflers,
0: shufflers, send your best best to Sam.
1: Yeah, guys, I I took time out of my day. I avoided responsibilities <laughs> for this podcast. The anti-adulted. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll be good. We'll be good. We'll finish. Yep. Shufflers, hope hope this was helpful. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have fun adulting out there, guys. Don't be. Uh, we'll all be there. You know. Yeah. Don't don't have too much fun. <laughs> don't do some. Don't do anything that I wouldn't do. Don't do drugs. Stay in school.
0: Stay, stay safe. Stay out of school. Stay safe. Well, stay... unless you want to go get your master's or PhD. Yep. Then go back to school. Connect with but people. Connect. Pay your taxes, please. Pay yourself.
1: Make good friends. <laughs> yes. Make good memories as well. Not too many. Some. What? Yeah. Not not regretful well, memories. No regrets. No, no regrets. regrets. <laughs> I, I hate believe that. in you. I all. hate that <laughs> almost as much as adulting. <laughs> anyway, this concludes our episode. Thank you guys for bearing with us in this very adult themed, eighteen plus, boring. But also interesting episode. We will see you guys next week. See ya, Shufflers. Let's roll music.